sisters, before we get started today, just a quick note. We are going to be talking about a lot of books in this episode, but don't worry. You don't have to stop what you're doing. We have them all written down for you over at thehomeschoolsisters.com. Just look for episode 51. Okay, here we go. This episode is brought to you by Care Of. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter homeschool. This episode is brought to you by RX Bar. RX Bar is offering you an exclusive pack of six adult bars and four kid bars so the whole family is able to enjoy. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com homeschool and enter promo code homeschool at checkout. Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am busy. <laughs> <laughs> This is moving me. I love week. the honest answer. <laughs> so I'm busy, but good. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> good, good. And we get to talk books today, so that's Our always a good time. Subject. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have a new question. Our question this week is from Amanda, and Amanda writes, Hi, ladies. I found your podcast pretty recently, and I am loving it. I am, was wondering if you could share your favorite nonfiction authors, books, and collections for kids. I also listen to a lot of book-related podcasts, but would love to hear about what books your kids have loved and which books have been great long-term resources for them. Thanks so much. I love that question. I do too. It's so fun. And it's sort of timely for me because we are moving. So we've been going through all of our old books and I'm seeing which ones kind of stood the test of time, you know, and a lot of them are nonfiction books because those are the ones that your kids will go to again and again. And, you know, once you read a you know, a novel or something, you know how it ends. But there's something about nonfiction books and reference books that make me want to keep them around for a while. And they're perfect from your, for your homeschool shelf. Totally. And I, I always like thinking about how nonfiction is so important because most of the reading you do in life is actually nonfiction. So when one of my kids, sometimes they go through phases of saying they don't like nonfiction, even though they do because the books are out all the time, I always try to explain that, you know, that's what you're doing when you're getting a bill or you're, you know, researching something for whatever you are reading nonfiction. That's so true. And so many bases can be covered through just reading nonfiction books. I mean, that's how we've done a lot of our history, um, science, even math. There's some great nonfiction math books out there and uh, books that are about mathematicians. And Mm -hmm. so those are sort of an interesting approach to math, especially if you have a somewhat math-hesitant kid. So, yeah, it's really nice if um, you can have some of those really good nonfiction books around. I think it can do a lot of, um, your kids will like do a lot of learning on their own just through reading those. Definitely. 
So where do we dive in? Because I know we both have like lists. <laughs> I have a lot of lists, but I could tell you right now, I, I was smiling when this question came in because our read aloud right now is actually a nonfiction book. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are the chances? Um, it's My Life with Chimpanzees by Jane Goodall, which I've been wanting to read forever. And it's so good. It is so interesting. You could read it in a day if you really wanted to. We started it the other day. All three of the kids are equally interested into in it, and they want to watch documentaries. It's inspiring all this. You know, I can sense the rabbit holes coming. Awesome. And that was kind of one of the general uh, subject headings I had, too, was good biographies. And the thing is, if you go to the library, you can find a lot of like book reports on people, you know, types of Mm -hmm. biographies. So that's the kind that I'm talking about where it's like just really good text written by somebody who feels really passionate about the subject or the person. Um, And lately there have been so many biographies I've seen that are picture books that have like really engaging illustrations and things like that. So when I say biographies, I don't mean like the boring biographies that we probably read when we were in grade school. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> because so th- those totally feel like homework, you know? Did you ever have one of those when, when you were in grade school where it was like, pick a person and do a story on them? And you had to go to the library and you're like, which one of these books looks the least boring and beat up and old and out of date? And, you know... I. Like, I know, and it's such a shame because people's lives are so interesting. Like to this yeah. day, memoirs are probably my favorite genre. And it, why don't we do that for our kids? Why don't we just provide them with really fantastic memoirs? And I think we can mm-hmm. if we're super selective about it and if we don't force them to read the thing that's like the dust cover has been gone for 50 years and, you know there's just no life to it at all. So, um, so I I would say don't force your kids to read biographies, but get really good engaging biographical picture books or, you know, things that you can find when you see them. Like don't, I guess worry less about like, we have to, we haven't read a good biography lately. We have to read a biography this week. And instead just like when you see something that's really good and you know that the illustrations are going to capture your child's imagination and you know that it's written by somebody who has really done their research that's when you read a biography not just so you can like check it off the list you know (laughs) right I actually have an example of that. I have two examples of biographies my kids have loved, biography series. There is a series called Ordinary People Change the World by Brad Meltzer, Mm -hmm. and they add to it all the time. My kids love those. I, I feel like we're almost too old for them, except that we keep going back to them, and so I can never donate them. And then there's a series of books from Innovation Press. There is a book on Temple Grandin, The Girl Who Thought in Pictures, that my kids adore. I can't even tell you how many times we've read it. And I know that they have several others about female inventors in the series that are just as good. One of our favorite biographies recently has been Some Writer by Melissa Sweet, the one about E.B. White. And what's so neat about it is she uses collage and all these like found pieces. I think she got them from like his granddaughter maybe or somebody in his family, all these found pieces as part of 
telling the story and it's just really, it, you can't help but get pulled in. And especially because it's E.B. White. I love E.B. White. So <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's really, really good too. And yeah, so just looking for biographies that are not, not boring and, um, not making your kids like, you know, get up and recite like this book was about this person who was born in this year. Okay. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Care of has a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices. And it only takes about five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. That actually was a lot of fun to go in and plug in all your information and the questions it would ask you, like, where do you live to find out, you know, like how much of a specific supplement yeah, or whatever that you might need. It was, it was kind of fun to see that you could get them personalized that much, like just to you. I enjoyed that too. So once you've done the quiz, then your vitamins get delivered right to your door in these cute little personalized packages, um, you know, full of like your daily vitamins that you're supposed to take. Um, So it's easy to remember. You just have like a pack and if you need to grab and go, they're all in one little convenient pouch. I love that. I love that they came in a little sleeve and you can just pull out your little pack every day. And then because I love quotes and fun facts. There's a different one written on your packet every single day. I know it makes me smile and it makes me like remember to take my vitamins and look forward to it. And I love that a portion of every sale goes toward Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. That's fantastic. And that's another thing is depending on your diet or any kind of like special things you have going on, um, they have vegan and vegetarian supplements or um, they have ones for prenatal health or postnatal health. So it really is fit just for you. My vitamin pack this morning told me that I should start a new book. So I'm totally on board with that. I love it. I love I it. Yeah, it gives you a little... Twist my, twist my arm, vitamins. And then last week, you got one that said, send somebody um, a new emoji that you've never used before. So you sent me this giant chain of hilarious emojis. <laughs> I love Half it. Of them, I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It makes taking it was, your vitamins like really fun. fun. Yeah. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter the promo code HOMESCHOOL. That's takecareof.com and enter the promo code HOMESCHOOL school. Do you have particular nonfiction authors that you go back to time and time again? I do. I would say our top favorite is David McCauley. He's the one that wrote How Things Work, The Way We Work, Castles, Pyramids. There's even one about toilets. I know. (laughs) They're all big hits over here. I have him on my list too. Um, And Gail Gibbons, When the Kids Were Little. Did you do like every Gail Gibbons book? (laughs) Every single one. We just read the moon book recently. Really? She's still going. Sarah McKenzie just had a read aloud revival episode with her. She's still writing books. And I mean, she's got a hundred and I don't even know how many. So amazing. Yeah. But she was like a go-to back when I was teaching co-op classes and I would want to have like a really good, interesting book on whatever topic it was, but something that we could read in like 15 minutes and then do the activity and, you know, with the class. So she was my go-to. And then, um, Jim Arnosky too, writes a lot of good, like outdoorsy nature type guides and books. 
that kids like. I love him. He does a lot of the tracking books and is it Crinklefoot? Crinkle Root, I think. Yeah. I I love him. Okay, so this isn't really I are the Ken Jennings guides. Do those count? <laughs> Do you know Ken Jennings, the guy who won Jeopardy? He has, Oh my gosh. Yeah, like the junior guides. Have you seen those? No. Okay. They're really fun. And again, illustrated in like a modern enough way that kids want to pick them up and look through them. And he has one on, oh, I'm trying to think, presidents, um, all different kinds of topics. And they're really good. So we've been grabbing those from the library for a while now. I'm going to look for those. (laughs) I like all the oversized nonfiction books. I know it seems kind of silly, but... Um, Maps by Alexandra Mizilenska. I know. You know the Maps book that everybody loves? Yes. And there's a book, 50 States. And then I love the Welcome to the Museum series, Botanicum, Animalum. There's a dinosaur one out now. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are always out in my house. Yep. I had those on my list too. A lot of those big oversized books will capture a child for like you know, a long time and they'll get really excited and go through it. So yeah, I think they you also know. inspire art over here. The, the illustrations are just gorgeous. And sure. so I'll often see a kid out with sketch pad trying to copy. <laughs> They're great. Books like that are great for when you, you know, want to do nature study, but it's negative 20 outside and, or it's pouring down rain or, um, and I know there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes, but sometimes you want to sometimes stay in front of the fire. Yeah. Yeah. So books like that can be really nice because they do have those really beautiful illustrations. And whenever I see kind of like a bigger oversized book at the library poking out, I'm like, what is that one? <laughs> <laughs> and there's I think something about them. It's so funny. It's clever marketing because you, you really do. Yeah, and kids can kind of dive into them because they are so big. And if you have, you know, you're you're sitting there for real loud time and you have kids like kind of gathered around you, everybody can see the pictures, which is kind of nice. And yeah, yeah, I I like those too. But then there's little teeny tiny books. (laughs) There are. Did you ever have any of the golden nature study guides? Yes. Okay. Because we were just going through all of our books and I'm like, do we hold on to these? Because we would sometimes go out on like a nature hike and we would take like the wildflower one or the tree one or the insect one. And then that would be sort of like our mission for the day, like trying to identify, you know, three different trees or four different wildflowers or, you know, what insects do we see and that kind of thing. So... I'm having a hard time parting with books. Can you tell? (laughs) I was just sitting here listening to you thinking if I could part with those and I don't think I could. And ours are all like waterlogged, (laughs) soggy backpacks out in the, you know, in the stream. Yes. I don't know. We have such good memories with those little books. It's, it's hard to let anything go when you have like memories tied up in it. And there's so many books that it's, you know, that are like that. Um, We uncovered our kids Atlas that we had so fun you know and again like cover coming off of it I mean just completely beat up but just nice illustrations and showed like cultural things not just locations but like you know the and it showed the flags and it showed um people and I don't even know if they make that particular one anymore but I was gonna say 
I think that it's it would be really good for homeschool families to invest in a really good kids atlas. And I'm, I'm not saying it has to be the most expensive one and it could even be used or anything else, but to have a really good kids atlas that your kids want to look at, I think so much learning happens from that. And then to have a really good kids animal encyclopedia, because yeah. I mean, my kids just, they would dive into that thing and you would find them, you know, curled up hours later, studying an animal and they, they were naturally so fascinated by animals that they just loved it. And it had really vibrant photos. And so I would say those are two things like for every homeschool is a really good kids Atlas and a really good, um, animal encyclopedia. I would recommend those for sure. I agree with you. Another thing that gets a lot of play in our house are the Osborne encyclopedias and the DK encyclopedias. Any any of those really chunky nonfiction, you know, single subject encyclopedias are huge over here. Totally. Do you know is it is it DK that does like the single subject ones? It's like presidents, castle, yeah. like those. Like okay, yeah, because we went through a huge phase with those where we had a They're ton so of good. them, and. You know, you would like, I would find myself maybe like I'd be like nursing the baby or, you know, doing something where I was kind of like sitting there and, or a kid falls asleep like on you and you're like, all right, I'm not moving for 15 minutes because (laughs) I'll just read the encyclopedia. (laughs) I need this nap, you know? And yeah, you would open up like one of those encyclopedias and see it. And I would be completely sucked in because they're fascinating. And a lot of them have like really great history in them. Um, so yeah, those books for sure, I think are, are worth, you know, the investment or checking out of the library again and again and again. And then, um, like the Smithsonian has some books like that too, that are really, really good. So those are some geographic. Yep. That, (laughs) yeah, that's on my list too. (laughs) It's fun. Okay. So see, we're covering all the same ones. (laughs) Well, but we're kind of isolating, like what are the ones that you know, stay on the test of time. What are the ones that work in more than, you know, one household type of thing? Um, mm-hmm. cause we've said before our kids are what, like eight to 14. Is that right? Seven, seven to 14. to 14. Okay. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. <laughs> and these things are still a lot of them, you know, are big here. So we're kind of covering a lot with that. Yeah. We're covering all the bases. <laughs> RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. RX Bar wants to build things the right way. RX Bar believes in the power of transparency and lets the core ingredients do the talking with all of them listed on the front of the packaging. RX Bars are the ones that have egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. The adult bars come in 14 delicious flavors. My absolute personal favorite is the peanut butter chocolate. (laughs) I love that's a, a delicious combination. Did you know RX Bar also has a kid line? Parents expect the same high quality, clean label nutrition for their kids as they eat themselves. RX Bar knows that parents often have to compromise when it comes to kids snacking, and they wanted to provide an option that fits their modern lifestyle and nutrition expectations. They're the same whole food ingredients as RX Bar, just smaller and kid-friendly flavors. The texture, the texture is also softer, and the nuts are chopped up into smaller pizza. And we have gotten to try now a bunch of adult flavors. Our kids have gotten to try some of the kid flavors and the little kid ones 
they're so cute. And they're I adorable. That the ingredients are right on the front. So you know exactly what you're getting. And these are the perfect snacks if you have uh, nutritional concerns at home. Uh, my husband and I are gluten-free and we can eat them. And two of my kids are dairy-free and they can eat them. That can sometimes be hard to find snacks that fit all of your nutritional needs. <laughs> yeah. And both the adult bars and the kid bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. And they have no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They are the perfect snack for kids to toss in a lunchbox, have as a snack on a hike, or throw in a sports bag for after school activities or to just keep in the glove compartment of your car. And can I tell you something? I keep an RX bar in my purse like all the time because when I get a little hangry, (laughs) (laughs) it happens. (laughs) It's perfect because it's got protein and only good things. So I can feel good about it, but it's also just really easy to grab it and have it, you know, with you at all times, which I think is really helpful when you're a busy mom and when you have busy kids to be able to have something that you can just hand them and you know that it's good for them. RX Bar is offering you an exclusive pack of six adult bars and four kid bars so that the whole family is able to enjoy. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash homeschool and enter promo code homeschool at checkout. Something I was going to mention is I like either for bedtime stories or for your morning time routine to have nonfiction books with kind of bite-sized chunks that you can go through. So um, a couple examples, we have the Good Night Rebel Girl series, and um, I didn't want to just have girls, so there's also one called Stories for Boys Who Dare to Be Different, and they're just one-page stories about a particular person with a cool illustration. Um, we also have the Women in Science, 50 Fearless Pioneers, and Girls Think of Everything, Inventor, it's all inventions made by women. And then a really cool book that is so beat up in my house is Mistakes That Worked. Do you guys have that one? I've seen it. No, we don't have it, but I've seen... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It just talks about all these normal things like the ice cream cone and how Mm -hmm. it was completely made by accident and the whole history of it. It's really, really fun. That's... Yeah, that that's good to have things that you can break up into smaller pieces. Like we did, um, the Dallaire's book of Greek myths over morning time over like the span of a year. And so, yeah, we had, we had to like break it up a little bit and then they have, they have a Norse myths one. And then, um, there's a lot of Dallaire's biographies and books that are really good and have those. We just read leave the lucky this week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get a lot of those from Beautiful Feet Books. They have reprinted all of them, I believe. So, I so. yeah, because they went out of print for a while and they brought them back. <laughs> and then that always makes me think of Hauling Sea Hauling, which I know is it's a mix. It's a it's fiction stories, but there's so much history interwoven that it's we're reading Men of the Mississippi right now, and it's it's great. You just so many rabbit holes and not just the illustrations, but the side panels Mm -hmm. and all the sketches that are there, that alone could be an entire day's worth of rabbit holes. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it's the illustrations too, that really will initially like even, you know, draw a child in and then they're learning about something. Like I'm thinking like, um, Brian Flacca who does like moonshot and locomotive. Um, and you know, they're really like, 
just so beautiful that you just want to sit and look at them and like, you know, um, and so if you can find an illustrator that you really like, a lot of times that's kind of another way into exploring the world of nonfiction with your kids. And then going into graphic type novels, my son, my 10 year old for years has loved the horrible series, the horrible history, science, geography, murderous math that covers all the subjects and he can just get lost in them. Yeah. And speaking of that format, Nathan Hales, Hazardous yes. Tales. Have oh, you guys Hazardous done those? Tales. I forgot about that one. That's another one. That's I think there's a brand new one that just came out too. There is. <laughs> it, it might be on its way right now because I pre-order those because both of my kids reliably have read every single one and love them. So that's really good too. And it's history that your kids want to read, which it's like, come on. <laughs> Do you know what's really funny about those books? We joined a co-op at the tail end of last year and they were doing American history and we had been studying world history here. So we were just completely flying into history blind. (laughs) And my oldest was answering all the questions at the co-op, you know, the trial visit that we did. And everyone was saying, oh, what a good job you've done to me. And I was like, it wasn't me. (laughs) With Nathan Hale. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't remember that. <laughs> that's awesome. All credit to Nathan Hale. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And that's the thing. Like a good book like that, your kids will remember because they want to read it. And I think that's like kind of the biggest thing for me is like the best nonfiction books out there are the ones that your kids want to read and will willingly, willing, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> The ones your kids want to read and will willingly read. So for us, I mean, we've just always gone to the library and we just grab tons of books and, you know, there's tons of great nonfiction picture books that older kids can enjoy because they cover a topic really well and they do have engaging illustrations. And so you know, you can go from like little kids to bigger kids with a really good picture book. And then those, um, step into reading books, I think they get overlooked sometimes because we kind of think like the step into reading books are like Dora the Explorer and like SpongeBob SquarePants and, you know, like, cause a lot of them are based on like a character or whatever, but there are some nonfiction ones that are really good, you know, and they will cover a topic really well, like space or a particular animal or whatever. And kids like them because they have good photos and they can read them on their own. So they feel good about that. So I would say, you know, don't overlook those and don't overlook picture books, even if your kids are older, because a lot of them go pretty in depth. A good example of that are the Gene Fritz books. We've been reading those a lot this year for history and the illustrations are really engaging. I think some of them are by Tommy DePaola and, um, but the content is fabulous. So you can read it in an afternoon and you're learning, you know, it's supplementing your history. And then when you were talking about the step into reading books, it made me think of the magic Treehouse nonfiction readers. Yeah. We yeah. loved those. My kids would read them on their own and learn so much. The nonfiction companions, those were excellent. 
And they get kind of like an easy entry into those because they already know Jack and um, Annie. And so it's like, oh, okay, well then, yeah, I'll, I'll try that because they are already familiar with that format and Jack and Annie are friendly faces, you know, so that it's easier for them to sort of try that out. Um, we we've been a big fan of um, the Jane Yolen and the Heidi Ui Stemple series on um, like mysteries that happened, um, and that they're they're like historical mysteries as picture books, but they're really well written and really well researched, and again have great illustrations. And of course, I mean Jane Yolen, you can't go wrong. But um, nope. <laughs> so a lot of your favorite like story authors are also writing nonfiction. So just you know, some of it comes down to just go to the library, go through with the A's, like all the A picture <laughs> books, and just look through and be like, you know, which ones are going to really you know be great for my kids. Two history series that my kids have been really into lately that they've been reading a lot on their own are the Would You Wouldn't Want to Be series. Have you seen these? Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to be an American pioneer. You wouldn't want to work on the railroad. They love those. And then there are these You Choose interactive history adventures. That's like a choose-your-own-adventure about various historical events. So I think there's some... I don't know. I haven't read them myself, so I can't tell you the historical accuracy, but my kids are loving them. There's a civil war. There's, I mean, there's ancient history to the Titanic, the middle ages. Oh, I love that. I mean, I used to love choose your own adventure. I did too. They were so fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and you can read a choose your own adventure so many times. So I know. that was always super fun. Um, you know, my son really likes the Guinness World Record books. Oh my gosh, those are such a classic. And the, um, what are the other ones? What's the other like world record? Not world, Ripley's. Not world record, oh, but like interesting, like crazy things. So like the Ripley's Believe It or Not stuff. So he really likes that and has learned a lot from those. And kind of any encyclopedia type thing, you know, he, he's read, now that he's older, he's read... Um, we find them in the adult section of the library, but he's found one that, and I think it might be by DK still, but it's like, uh, um, it was about the Vietnam war and things like that. So those big Mm -hmm. encyclopedia style books on a particular topic. Um, so yeah, sometimes things like that can work too. Of course he's 14 though. So violence and some pictures that probably we wouldn't have done a long time ago and things like that. But, you know, now that he's older, he's a little bit better equipped to handle that kind of thing. Just the last thing that I wanted to mention was that we listened to the Hidden Figures Young Readers edition on audio. And so sometimes nonfiction on audio can be really good too. So if your kids aren't loving the idea of sitting down and reading a nonfiction book together or by themselves, sometimes finding something like that on audio. Um, my kids absolutely loved it. And even though it was a young reader's edition, it was still okay for like my older son too. Cause I think audiobooks are really good equalizers, you know, like they don't make somebody feel like too young or mm-hmm. too old because you're just able to listen and kind of take what, what you want from it. 
Those are fun too, to do like a mother child book club. Cause if you read the actual book and then they read the young reader, my son and I did that with, I think it was called wicked bugs mm-hmm. and it was about insects. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it wasn't anything super formal, but we'd just chat about it. We were both reading the same book and it was kind of cool. It is. Yeah. If you can find something that you're interested in and a lot of times there's like history books like this. Like we did history like this a few years ago, actually. Like I was listening to podcasts about things and I was, um, you know, learning about things myself. And then I would be like, I got to tell my kids about this. So then I would try to find a kid's book about it. So like one was about the Hope Diamond um, and like King Tut. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about, you know, like King Tut's curse and all the people who died and things like that. So then we were talking about that and I was reading them nonfiction books, but I had listened to this podcast and had been reading on my own a little bit. So I was able to interject some things. So yeah, that can be a really good way to study nonfiction stuff together like that through books. Okay. Well, I think, I think this is a good start and <laughs> that's, that's just a few books for your library tote this week. <laughs> I know. I feel like we could probably go on for a long time. We really could, but I'm looking at the shelf behind me. Like, oh, <laughs> that one's good too. <laughs> but I would just say like, just keep going to the library and go to the bookstore and browse. And I've been known on occasion to go to the bookstore and then I'll see something and I'll take a picture and then we'll go get it at the library later. And, um, but you know, you were saying you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. And you're in our last podcast, episode 50, you were saying that, you know, if you take a kid to a bookstore and get him a book and a hot chocolate, like it's an awesome day. So, you know, maybe just see if you can seek out some nonfiction books as well, but there's also great historical fiction that kids can learn a ton from and they can learn a ton from fiction books. Um, I'm thinking like, um, okay for now, um, by Gary Schmidt teaches so much about, you know, like birds and things like that. So, I mean, there's just great resources out there. You can't go wrong with a book. And we're going to talk about books again in a couple episodes, but next week we're going to talk to a couple guests that we're very excited about. So that also have to do with books. So. Yeah. So we have lots of Stay fun tuned. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of fun stuff coming up. So um, all the show notes for this episode will be over at thehomeschoolsisters.com and we will see everybody next week and have a great week, Kate. You too, Kara. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you can...